Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Nairobi, Kenya, you're listening to the Kuza Podcast. Brought to you by Kuza.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Kuza Podcast. It's exciting. Thank you so much for joining us throughout the year past. And we thank you that you're going to be with us for 2022. As Oswaili say, 2022. And we're really 2022. Uh, today, we have an amazing conversation. Starting off with these amazing guys that usually help us have these conversations. But just before we do that, please be mindful of our new app update. If you still have the old one, you are backwards. So just go right there in the App Store and download it. Share with your friends. Get into our YouTube space, like it, leave a comment right there, and that's going to be a good thing. Many things coming up this year, and we definitely don't want to touch that dial. Meanwhile, my name is Marvo or Pauline or Rev Marvo or Pastor Me, <laughs> and I have my interesting group of uh, men today. They're going to introduce themselves as we have this conversation on family altars and generational curses. So people, please introduce yourself, what you do, just remind guys who you are, where you're from, what you did, <laughs> as long as we love you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Lyrics. <laughs> Who are you? Yes, call me Pastor Justus. I'm glad to be here another year. We thank God for this opportunity. Good only rhyme. I'm glad to be here another year. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is well. You are most welcome to join with us in our podcast this year. Thank All right. you. This is our pastor and poet. Mm-hmm. So, so Gina Langoni Matthew. Um, yesterday I was given the name Mayolo guy. Mayolo guy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm happy to, to happy to be here, Santi. Mm. Mm. And I'm Saint Saddam. Mm. We are not beautifying him, he's beautiful already. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we, we beautiful on the inside, yeah. Beautiful, on, oh, yeah. Well, you know, you have to say, beautiful on the inside, forget about everything you're seeing on this camera right now, just focus on things above. Uh, it's, a gen- it's a generational problem. <laughs> well, um, so gentlemen, yes, generational sir. curses and family altars. That's a conversation for today. And so, before we start on getting deeper in the details, do you have an experience of all these things? The family altars. I think that's one of the things that we need to define to people. What's mm-hmm. a family altar? What's a gener- generational curse? What have you experienced about the same? So, either of you can just go ahead and just uh, let us know. Is this something you know you've experienced mm-hmm. somehow, or what's up? Just uh, okay, when you're talking about family altars, you're talking about um, a certain patterns of behaviors, uh, lifestyle that is happening in families, uh, whether we are talking in relation to sin or even the things of the kingdom. Uh, for example, you'll have uh, a family that they have some nice uh, moments of worship together and even when their children are married they continue with that habit again also on the other side we have families that are struggling with various sins and you see even children uh, those who don't
don't uh, separate themselves from this lifestyle they extend that for example somebody in abusive family and then we find that repeating over generations uh, people abusing one another in their families when they have families even as kids uh, yeah we have those patterns mm -hmm. uh, of behavior so right. uh, those are what you're talking about um, uh, family altars again also in relation to generational curses right yeah those um, evil things that are consistent in a particular family okay mm -hmm. and uh, so mine I don't know whether I'll categorize it in that oh, okay. but uh, the, the struggle <coughs> that I realized my dad passed on in July 1999 mm -hmm. and it happened that from there onwards every July it was either my brother or myself who are getting right. Right. Ill. Mm. And uh but when I was in form one I realized this pattern. I had never even been taught by anyone about such patterns. But I realized that it's either my brother or myself who are always falling sick. And I joined with a team that we were able to pray together whereby right. from form two onwards uh that thing ended. Mm. And uh and so I thank God for that. Very strange. Mm. Uh my Yolo guy. I mean is this is this something that you uh was uh, experience all these conversation generational classes or your understanding or your interaction with the term family outside hey and the deal took you see these patterns of sin and stuff like um, I have some relatives where you have a grandmother who got pregnant outside of um, wedlock mm -hmm. um, before she was 20 then you have her daughter who got pregnant before she was 20 out of wedlock then the granddaughter outside of eight before age 20 got pregnant out of wedlock and now even the great-granddaughter mm. so you have that four lines of generation we see this pattern of sin um, kind of continue and move forward um, and so yeah and guys will say hey that's a there's something wrong there there's a generational right. quote curse or something right. that's going right. on there right. And so that, that that's something we see, you know. Not uh, even in, you know, like I say, even my own family, I've seen. Mm. But at the same time, on the positive side, I've also seen too where there's been a line that's broken. Those sorts of things, okay. you know, where you had like a pattern of sin, and then you'll see it like all of a sudden stop. Mm. You know, with just one one family member just said, "You no, I don't, I don't have to continue to live like this. Right. I'm going to stop." I realized the mistake of my mother and my grandmother. So, Mimi Staki Kufanya. Right. And so, because, okay. okay. yeah, so you see those patterns, yeah. Mm. All mm. right. Saddam, Saint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to write. Um, yeah, uh, uh, for me, I've. Th there stories. And it, it is not a really, really uh, outspoken thing within my family, but there are stories where uh, we have. One of my cousins who passed on due to, uh, through suicide, and so there is one relative, long, long time ago, who did that, and so uh, some people believe that that spirit went down to him because some of most of my people, the spirit of the relative, uh, yeah, the the suicide spirit, that's what they said. So they think that we are cast yeah. that way because some of us really have uh, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, so they think it is within our family and people might, you know, kill themselves that way. And also uh, the, the scene of drunkardness um, and also sana sana poverty because I'm not from a well of family. So uh, except my grandfather was the richest one. <laughs> but when you look at the generational, um, generally we are very poor even uh, 
I hope I'll break that one. <laughs> but so they think poverty is evil and uh, which I really, uh, from what Justo said, and I wanted to state that there are things that we think they are evil, mm -hmm. but in real sense they are not. Poverty. There is nothing evil about poverty. Okay. Uh, there is nothing evil about a child. There is nothing evil about that. So uh, I've seen those like three things, people talking within my family circles and saying uh, these are things that uh, is due to our ancestral all sense. Right, all right. Mm. Are these things that we see anywhere in scripture oh, family altars of course altars are there in scriptures right and probably you guys can just take some time and uh educate us as we listen to this conversation what does the bible say about family altars and altars in general and then also what does the bible say about generational sin because one of the one of the questions that we need to respond to is where has the church missed the point when it comes to this because now we know these are not just conversations around everywhere it is just in the streets no it we have to talk about this because it's happening in the church and it's a conversation that pastors are taking uh you know as the main conversation so before we get there can we can we answer um and help our listeners and our watchers our viewers uh what is like a bad watch our viewers uh to understand what the, the position of the bible in family altars uh generational curses whatever those things yeah yeah Okay, uh, for family altars, um, we have some of the scriptures mm -hmm. that have been used over and over uh, to in, in when speaking about this subject. Uh, some of the stories that I've interacted with there, for example, the story of uh, Gideon. Mm -hmm. uh, Gideon being asked to go and uh, destroy the father's altars. And what we know is that uh, the father, they used to worship Baal then. And uh, and of course, you know, God is demanding, you know, a total U-turn and wants these people to move from that, that he cannot be worshipped on the same altar that Baal was being worshipped. And so that God um, asks Gideon to go and destroy that altar and be able to raise an altar for 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 God mm. on that uh, in the same same spot, mm. and we have people of course who are coming to fight. Now those are some of the scriptures um, that that's one of the scripture okay. that that has been used out here over and over, mm. and the challenge that we've been experiencing with the church is mostly when it comes to interpretation mm -hmm. uh, of the Bible. Okay, uh, because uh, if we are looking, if I'm to relate this with what is happening today, for example, even in our lives, mm. um, we are talking about for example example our forefathers who never used to worship God they never used to worship Yahweh as you are worshiping him they used to worship the ancestral spirits and uh, and other other things they used to do that were evil which were allowed during their times and this time for example as just as if my father was alcoholic or even sexually immoral mm -hmm. and as just as I've given my life to Christ then it demands a total U-turn from certain lifestyles that my fathers used to live so that at this point I'm to imitate God mm -hmm. as my father that's what the scripture demands of me right. as a Christian but yet the problem we are having is where my life as a Christian I have taken a U-turn I'm living in allegiance to the Lord and in obedience to his word if my dad never had a problem with sexual immorality if they were drunkards I have decided that I'm going to live in obedience to God okay. uh, put off sexual immorality mm -hmm. put off uh, adultery um, drunkenness uh, and yeah. all other sins right. so still when 
we have ministers of the gospel uh, attaching us to our forefathers lifestyle and yet you have taken a youth and this is where i'm having a problem okay so that our struggles uh, should be connected to our own sins okay. but not because of what our fathers did all right just hold, because, it, yes. yeah, just hold it right there um and and should we today he said they use the word erected an altar i mean from the bible mm. you know you put this down and then put up an altar should we put up as it were altars in our homes or something familiar so that we just demystify. i mean what 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 is that conversation today now for you know in our day i think if we go kind of the old testament history because this is where these terms come from yeah. altar and stuff like that you find often a kind of a pattern in the old testament to where um the israelites would build these things called like asherim poles or an altar to baal um and in and, and these other gods they had high places that they would worship the way they weren't supposed to and the high places were literally like high like mountain mm. yes know, yes and it's not necessarily the location it was uh -huh. just that that wasn't the way god wanted them to worship all right and so those you know those three things in particular are repeated frequently throughout the scriptures and so you find God himself will say to someone, like for example, he mentioned um, Gideon or, or those guys will say, go and tear down these things. And then now Gideon would go and tear that down as kind of a way of wiping away these old practices of false worship of false gods and things that were sinful in the eyes of God. Then in their place they would build an altar. It's kind of saying this is a new way that we're going to go. This is something that we are going to do as a people and as a nation mm -hmm. um, to kind of reestablish and reinstate the true and right worship of God. And so now, do we have to necessarily physically build an altar? No. But there are times, I think, in the New Testament to where there's sins and things that we've done, and so we repent of those things. We have confessed those to God. Mm -hmm. It may be like, you know, it may be that you have to physically throw something away, mm -hmm. right? There's a, mm -hmm. something that's sinful. Like, I can think of, for example, if you're caught in pornography, and you know that your source of pornography is your nice Samsung Galaxy phone, then throw it away and go buy a binocle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Go buy, like, a cheap Kabambe phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so and then and then now you go and basically say, God, I repented for that. Now I'm mm. coming to you afresh as your child. I want to walk in your ways. Mm. Help me to live a righteous life. Mm. So uh, in some ways that's kind of quote building an altar, but I don't think we need to use those terms necessarily. Right. But okay. I mean, so it's not always a negative thing. I think the problem is I like what Justo said attaching our sin to something else other than a personal thing yeah. mm. and the thing is we also need to remember that yes we don't attach ourselves to these these family problems but we need to remember if you are a Christian you're attached to Jesus Christ he's a part of you he's with you and if you mess up then you confess it to him and say I'm now a Christian I'm attached to Jesus Christ therefore I have the power now to not live in these patterns of sin okay yeah. interesting interesting mm -hmm. yep. Saddam mm -hmm. generational curses what does that statement mean mm -hmm. and how should I interpret that in, in my day and age as a young person mm. Uh, again, and what does the Bible say about it? Yeah, from yeah. from Exodus thirty four is where we have that idea of generational curses, where God is trying to warn the people of Israel as they are journeying to the wilderness and telling them, keep to my laws, because if you don't, uh, I will I will curse you. 
and it will trickle down to the fourth and the third, third and fourth generation. Uh, what they don't understand in that scripture is that this is it's not God punishing the fourth, the third, and the generations. Because later on in scripture in Ezekiel, we found that out that God is punishing individuals for their sins. Um, That's Ezekiel 18, verse 4. Thank yeah, you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, so God will punish fathers for their sin and sons for their sin. It won't, you, you won't fight a father being punished for his son's sin or the other way around. Mm. Um, the effect in Exodus 34 is that when I sin, I maybe say I am a leader, I am corrupt, and and the, the authorities come and catch me and take away all my properties and take away every money that I had, it will affect my family. So the repercussions is not God's punishment on you. The repercussion of my sin to my family, to my friends, it's not a punishment to me. It is as a result of what I did wrong, I have to suffer these repercussions. And okay. that is what God is talking about in, in Exodus 34. Mm -hmm. That it, the effect of your sin will go down to your generations, right. not the punishment. So, so the Bible doesn't say that God will punish you for your grandfather or your father's uh, sins. That is not in the so There's Bible. nothing like, you know, you know we, we, mm -hmm. you, we, we repent on behalf of our father. No. I, that's a statement that many preachers say in, in oh. this country. Oh, but at the same time, Marvin, repent, you, yes. you do see that. Like you see like Daniel, for example, repenting of things that have happened and mm -hmm. Nehemiah, you know, some other mm -hmm. Old Testament people that are repenting for things. Uh -huh. But I think it's it's kind of like a God. We've walked. We have walked astray mm -hmm. yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and we're sorry for that. Yeah, and, you know, and and we are doing it now too. You know, we're following that same pattern. I think that's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. So you see people doing that. I don't necessarily think that's quote evil. You know what I mean? To yeah. repent on behalf of something that's done. But I think it's important to recognize we're continuing this same pattern. Lord, help us break out of this pattern. I think that's kind of the mindset of the Old Testament of we want to stop this pattern of sin, God. Okay, so let's listen. So let's, 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 that statement, yes. uh, the iniquity of the father on the son. Uh, the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. That's exactly what he's explaining about that scripture so that it is the sins of the fathers mm -hmm. on, so carried on. Mm-hmm to the third and the fourth generation okay. but yet god that we serve he shows mercy to thousands of generations All right. again of those who seek him mm -hmm. yeah so that if generations decide my generation decides we are going to seek god my children decides we are going to seek god and this is what i'm looking at in terms of for example the family altars i'm looking at it in that context whereby i can decide to have a godly patterned life in my family mm -hmm. and uh, which I have seen also even like for example if you look at other world religions look at like for example Hindus you have all these small things that they are having in their own homes and to idols uh, that they are worshipping and you realize that it's a pattern that is carried over for many generations so that if we are talking about the worship of Yahweh and even in our own families that one can resolve if like for example i realize there are some patterns of sin 
even in my life uh, one especially to our listeners i would like to say that um if you see the patterns of sin that your fathers used to perform and you are also in the same sin uh you need to separate yourself from that the beginning of course is repenting of sin and uh, you repent that sin and from there you decide to take a u-turn you put off every old lifestyle and you put on righteousness you put on everything that is godly in your life and from there you can decide to separate yourself from your father's lifestyle and begin new generations of people who seek god hmm. people who honor god All right. which will be replicated okay. in many generations interesting yeah. Marvin, they, they, yes, can i yes, 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 and yes, just yes, say yes. something yeah, yeah. Um, yes indeed some families are prone to particular sins um or some places genetically <laughs> no okay. you can't say yes because we're all seen as genetically because <laughs> uh, um and even some areas you will find um there are some tribes are known for a particular sin uh you will find some area is, is known for a particular sin and this is not to say those patterns are not there those patterns are there what we are saying is we are inherently sinners and whatever is around us uh is whatever seen close to us is what we will take uh, for instance if I, I grow in an area where people are promiscuous there there is a high chance for me to be promiscuous until god comes into my life and saves me from it okay. so we are saying uh sin is something that also is discipled you you catch it regardless of someone saying ah do not be this you know we say don't preach water and drink wine so you see your father beating your wife his wife your mother for all of your childhood you resolve to yourself you won't without jesus you find yourself in marriage doing the same to your wife and so that is something that you caught Mm. Your father never told you to beat your wife. So you say when you grab you're saying kwetu we beat our wife. Eh kwetu sisi tunachapa for loving eh, and all that. When you're angry you know. You 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 take it out with this, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it or is, when you're it stressed is, you take it out with the drinking, drink, you know? Asipo chapo anasema apendwi. All right, all right. So so there's so there's so sin sin is inherent, right? Yeah. Okay, and and righteousness is imputed. Yes, sir. True. Mhm. But sin is not genetic. It is genetic. I mean, you're born with it. Yeah, born. Everybody's born with it. Some <laughs> it sense. But now, is there like an exact so like, gene that we like can name? Exact, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a spiritual gene. Again, that's why it's very important because so when you are saved, you are born that's again. again. That's the whole point. You're given of, a if it is inherent and this one is imputed, then we cannot we cannot claim genetics <laughs> or inheritance because there is the opportunity for us to receive Jesus Christ and turn away the whole thing. I mean if, if, if we follow the train of generational curses yeah you know you can say oh you know in our family in our home in our home but this is what Jesus Christ has done now yeah. which leads me to the next thing how is the church messing up in this conversation how how is just how are we as ministers of the gospel just because we know there are preacher people who will tell you um zungu we realize your family was part of the ku klux klan <laughs> yes and and, and you guys are known for demanding the blood of the black man yeah. i don't know whatever the things ku klux klan was all about or <laughs> you are harry potter's <laughs> 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 yeah. and, 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 and this preacher man will come and tell you because of that 
you need to bring um, three diamond rings, uh, ten black chicken, um, you know, some fly money. to this island and bring water from there. Some, some I mean, how, yes. Mm. How is how are, how are we preachers? How is the church in era in, in, in as far as this conversation is concerned? Uh. Okay, I think uh, for me, just to start it off, uh, one of the problems that um, we've experienced with the churches where one gentleman told me, uh, having attended some deliverance classes somewhere, <laughs> mentioned to me that um, the blood... And, and, and that is maybe something we need to talk about in a different podcast, deliverance <laughs> classes. <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that... Um, that the grace is not sufficient mm. that there are things that the death of christ at calvary has not dealt with mm. and so for us to deal with those issues we have to make a painful sacrifice give out to a powerful preacher something mm. that is very costly to us something that will pain us and um and give it and go and give it as a sacrifice to a powerful preacher somewhere who will be able to pray for us and that because of that will be set free hmm. and uh and that is one of the challenges that i have had because um uh, from where i sit uh i have families that have that sold their lands their houses and gave out to pastors and eventually um the person who was they were giving sacrifices for still ended up dying and so the family is left in a state of abject poverty mm. and uh and because of that we have children that are growing up with a rebellious attitude towards god mm. uh because they are left in that state of poverty and struggling and so one of the errors we are having is where somebody shows us that christ is not enough and yet even the people we take sacrifices to they are still praying in the name of christ Mm. So how comes he's not enough and yet he still it is still in the name of this person <laughs> you know that we are going to pray and claim deliverance over mm -hmm. these issues okay. so i think that is a big problem that's a big all right, problem all right yeah, yeah, yeah. let's uh, yeah what's your thoughts uh, uh, yeah the, the idea that jesus is not enough is not sufficient enough is is heresy mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's it's, it's an evil statement mm -hmm. because at the end of the day i mean the Bible says clearly that Jesus, He is, the, you know, He is, He is the um, God incarnate. Hmm. I mean, He is God. I mean, He is equal to God the Father in every sort of way. And to say that He doesn't have enough power, and is is crazy. That means God doesn't have enough power. And if God doesn't have enough power, Jesus doesn't have enough power. Then does the man of God really have enough power to do these mm -hmm. sorts of things? Mm -hmm. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Galatians three thirteen. Um, says that Christ became a curse for us. In other words, he's like taking on a curse because mm. of the sin that we've done. Right. And then it says in, in Galatians 3.14, so, so that we can now be a blessing, have a, the blessing of who? Of Abraham. Mm. And what is his blessing? Is basically the Holy Spirit through faith. So it comes to us through this because Christ has taken the curse onto him. So if there is a quote generational curse, you're set free from that in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is only through his power that's able to have happen. So I think we need to remind people. I think the, the churches in many ways is some of these churches have failed to remind people of 
what Christ has done for them on the cross, the fact that he's become a curse to them. Mm-hmm. And again, stop attaching them to the past sins and failures and taking advantage of people's weaknesses and insecurities and attach them to something strong in Jesus Christ. Right. He became a curse so that you can now have a blessing of faith right. in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that anything to add on yeah. that one? Uh, <laughs> the church has failed because we have elevated the man of God over Christ mm. over uh, the God of man over the God of man uh, and we, we we know of those men who somehow we worship them here on earth um, they they are the ones who have direct access to to Jesus mm. or to God I mean there's some people who defend, who, who defend the preacher more than they would defend the scripture yeah and even you know who mm. believes is better than Jesus Anaisha uh, Parunda mm. <laughs> The church has failed. Um, the church has failed because we have elevated the man of God more than Jesus Christ. And we see in um, Hebrews 4, verses 16, 15 and 16, uh, it says, um, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every way was tempted just as we are. Um, Jesus is the high priest there is no any other high priest mm. and when you look at jesus who is now the high priest he was the one when you look at his genealogy in Ma- matthew 1 you see a guy who had the worst lineage uh, he had the, there was a prostitute there was incest there were drunkards there were murderers in his f- f- family lineage but he was tempted just as we are today yet without sin mm-hmm. This Jesus is the one who has given us access to the throne of grace mm. so that we can approach that throne of God with confidence. Me, approaching the throne of God with confidence whenever we need grace uh, and mercy. Uh, so when we put a man of God, <laughs> if there are anything like that, uh, we are all men of God. When you put a particular individual, a mighty at, man of God, yeah, at that level where Jesus is, like he's the high priest, he's the one who is with God at the right hand seat, you are mistaken. Because you too have that confidence and boldness to go to God whenever you need grace and mercy. So when you're struggling with any particular sin, you don't need to go to a man of God. An individual who thinks he's greater than anyone. Because in James we know we are all, uh, if we confess our sins one to another, God is faithful and just to forgive us. So I think that is a great error mm. in the church today. All right. Mm. All right. I mean, so it's, it's, it's right for us to say then categorically that if anyone is going to a fellowship where your pastor is constantly or the minister there is constantly telling you that, you know, for this problem to go, for this challenge to disappear, you need to come to me and give me X and Y and Z, then you're being lied to. Your pastor is a false teacher to a very great extent and is leading you astray and you do not need to subscribe to that because we have a high priest mm. and that high priest is the, the name through whom Mr. Pastor prays and as Matt told us, if then you Jesus Christ is not powerful enough, then your pastor is powerful than Jesus, then maybe Mr. Pastor should die on the cross and resurrect on the third day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, because we, we cannot continue thinking that, you know, uh, 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 the gospel is being tarnished because of 
things like that. People are being told, oh, come plant this seed mm. so then this curse can go away so then you can have this kind of freedom yet. Jesus Christ has already done it all for us. And so this is heads up for you as you watch. If you have been duped in this conversation, you've probably given 10,000, 15,000, you've given land so that this problem in a family can go away. Some of them come and they tell you there was a bone that was dug in your compound and all those things. Jesus Christ is powerful enough and no, he does not need the help of your pastor to handle your challenges. True or true? Very Amen. true. I mean, Very just true. I want to ask something before we just now go to the final part of this conversation. What is the remedy? What is our way out? Um, one, let us say that uh, it's good to say that not all problems you are going through are as a result of sin. All right. Um, because uh, some are you know that's why many are running to prayers each and every time every time mm. and uh and in that they fall in the wrong hands mm. uh so when we have the for example in the bible you have people like joseph you have somebody like a uh, job and uh even paul himself these people had some rough times they in did. their lives mm. they did and they they, do, they did not see it because it was because of their sins we didn't even see them binding christ, and losing yes even christ uh. in john chapter 9 look at the way he defines this blind man's problem that it's not because of the fathers but he said it's so that you know god might be displayed mm. uh on him the, that is uh the works of god might right. be displayed on him right right so i think it is important that uh we don't relate all problems we go through uh with sin mm-hmm. and um some there could be like maybe you just need some little knowledge and you are able to do away with some maybe you're, you're lacking job you just need somebody to give you some small capital you know right, right. and from there you are good to go mm. and so i think that's the problem we have that everything we are looking at it with those lenses right uh, so okay. we cannot again redefine sin uh so that we want to put sin you know with our fathers yeah, yeah, and yeah. run away from personal responsibilities Responsibility. yeah, right because we have such people i have mm. such friends who have every time they are in sexual sin they keep saying you know even my father mm. he has had so many wives you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he seems my, to run yeah. through the family so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean so and and that's that's quite interesting well we need to land the plane i think the question now that we need to respond to and i'll give each of us a very short time please very short time to just each give a parting shot on as you respond to this question then what should we do what needs to be done we've said family altars um there are altars seen in scripture and like abraham raised altars there's bethel there's shechem i mean there are those and and it, it was a, rem- a reminder of who what god had done and how god had revealed himself and just as categorically explained that it is there are things we do as a family or as, as a home that can be a good precedence for good things and there are things that we do can be a bad precedence for bad things and therefore we need to choose what which one we do generational customs at the hand we are saying there is nowhere in scripture where this conversation is lauded true it's nowhere there i mean the bible does not show us that this is actually a true conversation therefore if mr pastor is thriving on that conversation you are duped you're being lied to leave that fellowship find a a fellowship that is bible believing but now we need to ask then what should we do or what should our listener do if they find themselves caught up in some of these interesting conversations what's the way out let me start with my yolo guy and then the rest of us will join in uh quite briefly First, uh, I think it's important to, to name um, name what is the pattern of sin you see in your family. Is it sexual morality? Is it whatever? And then and then just realize I've been discipled in this sin, you know, by my family. 
you know, when I'm when I feel stressed, I go to porn. When I feel angry, I hit. You know, fill in the blank. And if you're a Christian, you know, you remember verses like Ephesians four verses seventeen through twenty four, which essentially say. Put, take off the old self and put on the new self, right? Okay. So we've been given a new self in Jesus Christ for a new creation, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. But Ephesians 4.17 says, put on the new self that's been made in true righteousness and holiness. So we've been made in that way. We have been given the ability through and power through Christ who is in us and through mm. the Holy Spirit that's in us to live a new life to, that's a life of true righteousness, of Holiness, being separated from sin, and so I think those—that's gospel truths, Marvin. You mm. know, just mm. preaching those things to yourself, right. saying Christ became a curse so that I can have the blessings of God, the Holy Spirit inside of me, to live a life of true righteousness and holiness. That's who I am. Stop looking to your father and all those other things that you you feel like you know that's my the, the source of my problem and um, that's the way we always are or you know this is the way I'm just going to follow anyways mm-hmm. and so start start looking to your heavenly father and say he's the one that calls me to live in holiness mm-hmm. he's the one that's empowered me to live the right way look to those things and remind yourself of those things mm-hmm. preach those things to you a lot of this battle is in the mind all right mm-hmm. all right preach these things to you all right let me let me let me let me let me let me go to who is this the damn or just let me start with you briefly <laughs> for very obvious reasons. Um, and then and, and, and then I'll go to, <laughs> then go to the so that you can you can summarize quickly so that you can go to <laughs> yeah did you know the and then well, my friend these guys will be watching for the next one hour. So can you just summarize it in like okay, a minute? Okay, for two? me I will say that uh, for our listeners, um I think this is a season that is calling for diligence in studying God's word. Uh, we have every media and, and platforms in the social media that we can get to dig deep and even learn more what the scriptures talk about the topics that we are having, uh, those that are prominent in our days. Right. Uh, get deep, read the Bible for yourself, be like the Bereans. Uh, this is, we are living in those days that uh, you don't just listen to somebody because they are powerful preachers. Uh, because some of them, they are the ones that have, yeah, that have misled us the most mm. because once they speak you realize that uh, it's like god is not allowed to speak after them mm. so i'm calling to each and every believer go back to the bible if you think your generation has been worse then for christ it has been worse the generation of christ we have prostitutes we have all kinds of you know murderers and people who are even very sinful than even your own generation and so christ will make your story significant all right thank you hallelujah <laughs> um one this thing is not new uh, this lies they were there way before uh, in the roman catholic which we broke out from uh we would pay people would pay <laughs> i was saying we yes, if i was there <laughs> people would pay How old are you money <laughs> <laughs> for indulgences and penances for the forgiveness of their sins and the sins of those who are dead uh, people would go specifically to listen to a preacher preaching from the Bible. They were not allowed to be given the Bible. People would go to these priests and ask them for prayers uh, for particular things and they will give money or whatever thing it is. That is what made Martin Luther angry and want to break out from these lies. 
and we had information that brought us the scripture and taught us that it is in faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, that we are saved by grace alone. Mm. Um, because it is a battle of the mind, and we have to be sure about that, is we have to be sure of who we are in, 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 in Christ. We are holy people, we are saints. That's why I said in the earlier that Saint Saddam, that's me. We are saints because we've been sanctified. First Peter uh, verses uh, 2 according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, we've been set apart. Sanctification means just to put aside uh, in the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, not to your pastor. Um, this, in verses 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercies, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. So believe this, and this is one of the things you should preach to yourself as Martha said, that I have been caused to be born again by God into a living hope. So if you are a Christian and you are struggling with generational curses, we need to question if this hope that you have or you are born into is either living or dead. Or is it of God? Is it of God? Yeah. To be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, in verses right. 13 of the mm -hmm. same chapter, it says, Therefore, because it is the battle of the mind, remember, prepare your minds for action you have to be ready because we will walk and people will lie to us you have to be sober-minded to set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you uh, to you on the resurrection of jesus christ so prepare your mind for action and be sober-minded. How do you do this? By reading scripture. And knowing that the devil is outside there trying to lie to each and every one of us, even the elect of God. So you have to be sober-minded. And two, set your hope on what is to come. Jesus Christ is coming back. So what greater hope is it that you are living in a wretched, filthy world, that you are struggling with sin and everything evil, at one day all these limitations and sins and everything will go away and will be in glory and beauty forever with Christ. Uh, just to finish it up is in verses 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also must be holy. And that's where I would just like to wrap it up. That right. we are in for a holy walk. We are in for a different walk from that of the world. Mm. So as the world will be struggling with witchcraft and generational curses and everything, uh, we, we are like the salmon fish. We, we swim against the current. And that's who we are. We are different people as Christians. So this thing should not shake us. Right. Oh. Well, thank you so much, uh, Justice. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you so much, Saddam. Thank you so much for being locked and thank you for watching. And we pray that you definitely send your questions under that uh, message space down there on your YouTube. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. Again, Jesus Christ has done what the law could not do because it was weak in the flesh. He has done it there is not let nobody lie to you that oh this generational curse is following you if you are born again if you're in christ the bible has promised us that he who the son sets free 
is free indeed and that is not the work of any man of god that mm. is the work of god himself so if you're there and you're born again you're free the lord has set you free remain free isn't that what galatians 5 1 tells us yes it is and so remain free and do not get tied up again to slavery to the lord thank you so much that has been a conversation family altars and generational curses this is kuza podcast and until next time remember remember go to your app store please download the app check it out everything is right there go to youtube go to our website www.kuzaapp.com and check out all those things that you're doing there and definitely remember to click that share button so that people can know be that as it may until next time twitter onana tena 2022 cheers man we're out thank you for listening to the kuza podcast brought to you by kuzaapp.com an online ministry with blogs videos podcasts and a mobile app Make sure, make, make, make sure to subscribe to get more content to help you grow spiritually. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.